everyone. Welcome to the PopRewind.com podcast. I'm Lynn. And I'm Lee. And we have a very special guest with us today, so let's get right into it. Welcome to the podcast. Today we have Ross Hull with us, whose experience includes a membership in the Midnight Society as Gary on Are You Afraid of the Dark, Chris on Student Bodies, and a career as a meteorologist in Canada. Now Ross is doing a documentary series on Are You Afraid of the Dark? So thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's been great. I'm, I'm happy to be with you guys. Excellent. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about your new documentary sort of series? Yeah, the, um, basically the first, it's called Guy from That Show. And the reason why we call the guy from that show is, um, you know, when I walk around the streets of Toronto, Canada, where I live, sometimes people will come up to me and they'll go, you're that guy, that guy from that show. And they can't quite place it. They think they've gone to high school with me or whatever. So uh, my creative partner, Adam Perry, and I decided to uh, call it that just because that's what people call me a lot of the time. Uh, and our first episode was a documentary based on uh, Matthew Klickstein wrote a book called uh, Slimed. And uh, basically that was uh, basically dealing with Nickelodeon in the 80s and 90s, the golden age. And I went to an event launching, a book launch of that event. And the documentary was sort of surrounding my coming back into contact with fans of the show and so on. The second episode is more just having fun with the, the concept of, of the campfire and Gary coming back around the campfire in 2014 and sort of telling Gary tells a story, but Ross is actually in the story and it, it depicts some interesting encounters that he has uh, being a campfire kid, uh, former campfire kid in 2014. So there's some really funny moments. I think there's some moments that, you know, fans will really appreciate, fans of Are You Afraid of the Dark will appreciate, so, uh, and some surprises, especially at the end, so, uh, so I'm looking forward to hearing people's reaction to it. Nice. Now, is, is anybody else going to be joining you around the campfire, or <laughs> am I digging into the surprise? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, that's part of the surprise, so uh, we'll have to see who ends up joining me in, around the campfire at the end, and, and their reaction to uh, to the story. Excellent. Um, now you said you get called that guy from that show. Did you really go years without being recognized as that role? Or is this all kind of started up recently with the whole Nickelodeon comeback? Yeah. I mean, um, I, I did start a second career, uh, in weather. I'm a, I'm a meteorologist as well, but throughout my, the last, you know, since I, these shows have been on and, and so on, I, I still get recognized, um, student bodies was, was a lot more popular here in Canada. I don't know if you guys even have seen student bodies or not. Uh, it was more popular in Canada than it was in the U S but are you afraid of the dark in both countries was, you know, I think by far the show that I get recognized, uh, you know, for the most. And, uh, and no, it's just, it's just a matter of me. I guess I was busy with my meteorological, meteorological career. Yes, I said that. Uh, and you know, I just, it was just, it just felt like the right time. And I guess Matthew's book did sort of bring it to the forefront and go, you know what? There's a lot of 90s nostalgia going on right now. A lot of people ask me, like, you know, is, are you afraid of the dark coming back and that sort of thing? And that's not what I'm trying to do. I mean, I'm not trying to bring the actual show as it was back. I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, reach out to those fans and, and have some fun with, with the concept and, uh, and sort of bring it to 2014 in terms of where I am as well. So. Hopefully people, you know, and, and the hope was that people would connect with that and enjoy it. Right. Yeah, it's definitely a different 
uh, an interesting approach that you're going to it kind of tongue in cheek, um, especially in the second episode here. It's not it's clear you're kind of in on, you know, what the project is. Yeah, you know, I think that the way I, I thought about it for, for this second episode anyway, maybe I'll change, you know, I'm open to, to more in the future. But for me to try to, you know, create this, you know, scary, you know, what is actually going to be a scary episode at this point, um, I think it was more, you know, it's, it's fun to have fun with, with the concept of trying to scare people and also, you know, try to make fun of yourself a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm comfortable doing that, so uh, hopefully people can uh, laugh along with me or laugh at me, whatever it is. Now, do you have a set amount of episodes that you're hoping to shoot, or? Well, you know, I I have another job as a meteorologist at a, at a TV station here, and my and my um, my partner, my creative partner, has a full time job as well. So we've been doing this sort of. It's not our you know our main job, uh, so it's a lot of work. You know, the second episode we really started working on it a, a year ago. Um, because you know there, there were certain things that you guys saw a bit of the campfire scene, but you know those those types of situations are not easy to recreate. So it's taken a while for us to, uh, and it, we asked, also had to get actors. I know I mentioned I used a lot of my family, but we couldn't use my family for every scene, so um, we had to get some actors involved and so on. So anyway, we hope to do more. I guess part of it is we also want to see how people react to this second one. And, uh, and, you know, also we're open to ideas, um, you know, maybe, maybe venture into something a little scarier next time, uh, or, or really scary. Uh, but, uh, you know, not that this one isn't scary. I don't want people to think that it's not because I think there are some scary bits, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm open to it for sure for, for more ideas on, on future episodes. Okay. Now have you, um, I mean, are the people you've stayed in touch with from the show, are they aware of what you're doing? Like, have you talked to DJ McHale about it? Or? Yeah, I, he, um, he's, I've talked to him a little bit about it. Uh, I, still, I still chat with him on Facebook. I've, uh, I haven't really, uh, Daniel DeSanto, I, I talked to maybe a couple years ago. I haven't really, we haven't really talked about the project itself. I know he, he sort of, uh, he, I think he's aware of it because I think he, he mentioned something on Twitter about it. So, uh, but yeah, I, I talked to, uh, Rain Perry Cool, who played Betty Ann in the, uh, in, in the show, uh, in the original series, the first 65. And, uh, and who else? That's pretty much it. Okay. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be interested to see if, uh, if any of them actually, you know, mention anything on social media or anything after they've seen it. Well, you can always tag them in it on Twitter and see if they are yes. to you, right? Yes. True. Excellent. So, um, you know, Lindsay had a question uh, when we were talking about this, and we were wondering if um, there's that part in your first episode where nobody's recognizing you on the street. Was there anybody that did recognize you and you just <laughs> didn't end up using that? No, actually. You see, um, someone asked, so basically, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow this whole thing up, but we didn't shoot that, that documentary in sequence, of course. We actually went to the event first. And then we shot those other scenes because we had a second day in New York. We had to rush to get to the event first. And so, uh, but we had the whole thing sort of thought out. But no, no one did. So, uh, so, uh, and I think that worked for what we wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, 
what I was trying, what I wanted to say is that you know we went to this event and there were hundreds of people that you know I I I honestly didn't know if people would recognize me, but they did. And then we go to that event and then I walk out on the streets of New York the next day and yeah, no one really knew what. Uh, but you know, you, I guess you have to take into account as well. If you're in New York, you're just approaching people. You know, people are going to have a wall up. And, you know, maybe they won't be, I think for the most part, though, people were pretty nice about me approaching them. So, well, we both thought it was really cool that you, I mean, you stayed to the end of the event and signed everything for everyone, even got in trouble for signing things for everyone. (laughs) I mean, it's not something you had to do, but you went ahead and did it. And we just thought that was really awesome. Yeah, you know, I mean, I traveled there to do this. And like I say in the documentary, you know, I mean, what is it for me to spend an, an extra 20, 30 minutes, uh, you know, people have traveled a long way to, to, to be there. And, um, and yeah, you know, the way I approach it is as long as people are polite and respectful uh, about the whole process, then I have, I have no issues with that. And, um, and yeah, it actually was touching uh, to, to really, you know, I mean, I'd interacted with people before, you know, who'd recognize me, they go, hey, you're Chris, you're Chris for Student Bodies, or you're Gary from Iron Creative Dark, and I shake hands with them, and, you know, sort of that's it, right? When you're sort of interacting with someone on the street, but these people really, you know, there was, there was a lot going on there that they wanted to share, and, and I guess it really, it really brought it, you know, brought it to reality of, of how much that, you know, Are You Afraid of the Dark and, and these Nickelodeon shows really touch people's childhoods, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, maybe it really reminded me of, of, of how it did. Um, maybe I wasn't as aware of it before that event. Why do you think there's this sudden, um, like, surge of Nickelodeon nostalgia? Is it the book, or is there something else going on? I think there's something else. I mean, I think the book was a part of it. I think the book came, came, came out at the right time, and I think it touches on some, some of the important issues. I, you know, I think that um, as we move into, you know, as, at this point in television – I think television's changed a lot and I mean, you know, there's some great TV out there right now, but I think people are realizing how special that period was in in TV and for Nickelodeon and what Nickelodeon was as well at that point. Um, you know, and, and, and I guess how different these shows were than what, than what you find today. Uh, you know, and, and I think, I think it comes down to as well, you know, how these shows spoke, uh, spoke to kids and how it was at their level and and speaking to them and um, you know a lot of other shows you know today even don't do that so uh, and, and the things you could get away with back then that you couldn't necessarily get away with right you know, today we uh, we watched that Crimson Clown episode recently and I'm like that one's just full on torture to that kid <laughs> yeah you know I mean. I talked to the producers and directors and, and, you know, I, you know, I've talked to some other producers from, not necessarily from Are You Afraid of the Dark, but from, uh, you know, from shows that were producing back in the nineties. And, you know, the notes that they basically networks would let them do what they wanted to do. You know, it, it, there was a, it was a different time. I mean, not anything, but there wasn't as many, as many ties, you know, as many strings. And, and today it's like, you know, it's it's very different in that process. So, uh, so I guess shows like Are You Afraid of the Dark were the results. Do you think there'll be any kind of shift 
back to that style of television as people who grew up on the show are now in these producer jobs and can be the right. ones passing the notes? Right. Well, I mean, I think that's that's possible. I think that, you know, it's it's all gonna depend on, on the identity that T V takes. I mean, it's a it's a it's a changing it's a changing medium. I mean it, is it really television anymore? I mean, you know, with streaming services and all that stuff. So I think that with the advent of that, I think the positive from that is that you're going to have these niche opportunities to to get content that you really want and to, to reach out to people that want that content. But I guess on, on the, you know, on the flip side of that is the fact that we're going to maybe lose a bit of that community feeling that we had back in the 90s where you felt like, you know, Saturday night, SNCC, you know, everyone was kind of, you know, or people, you know, in your age range were watching the same thing. And there, I think there's a, there's a, there's a really, uh, there's, there's, there's a great feeling to that. I think people love that feeling. Um, so yeah, I, 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 it'll be interesting to see what happens looking ahead. Definitely. Yeah. There were, you know, like 10 of us that would get together every Saturday night and watch the show. And you're right. It definitely was a community thing versus just sitting by yourself at home, watching on YouTube. Or binge watching, or you know, <laughs> that stuff. People are binge watching. Are you afraid of the dark on Amazon Prime right now? I, I hear, I hear, I hear they are doing that. Yes. Have yes. you have you gone back and done that? You know what? I had to do that because um, we actually uh, we needed a, a small clip from uh, from the show to work with it that you didn't you haven't seen yet, but within the second episode. And yeah, I, I, it was my job because my creative partner was busy doing other stuff. I had to kind of screen uh, the first, uh, it, I guess I watched almost for all the entire 65. Oh, wow. first, uh, so yeah, it was, um, it was interesting going back and doing that for sure. You know, I had actually like, I was actually watching it like it was for the first time because I'd forgotten what happens or which cast member was was leaving and, and, and new cast members and all that stuff. So, uh, it, it was good. It was, uh, it, it was, uh, it was an interesting experience for sure. So did it keep you up all night after you watched tale of the super specs? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what kept me up all night is, is stuff like Ross, why, why didn't you say like, I declare this meeting of the midnight society close. Why didn't you say it with a different intonation at least once? I mean, you know, <laughs> I just said it the same way, you know, so it's more like, Ross, you know, like, I, you know, because I'm a bit of a perfectionist and, and whenever an actor looks at themselves, there's going to be all kinds of stuff going on. But, you know, but then besides myself, uh, you know, looking at the show, uh, you know, I, yeah, I was very, I guess I was kind of seeing it in a new light in, in the sense that there was certainly some aspects to it that were uh, ahead of its time, I guess, right. you know, and, uh, and so that made me realize, you know what, like, I, you know, in the documentary, I kind of go, I don't really get why people like this show so much or, or whatever. Uh, you know, after watching it again, I can, you know, you can, you can understand why, uh, why kids really, really gravitated towards it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It was a big staple of, like I said, the Saturday night hangout sessions and everything. Right. Um, right. Now, at the time, did you really watch the episodes or were you kind of like get the tape and watch your parts and be like, Oh, that's good enough. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, um, the way it worked is, uh, we like in Canada, we would, um, we had it on like a pay TV service. 
So it was kind of a hard thing to get, it, like when it first aired in Canada. So not everyone had it, and my parents were certainly not going to pay for that, even though I was uh, on one of the channels. So I had a friend uh, who I'd go over and, and watch it with, actually Rain, Rain Perry. She was on, also on the show, Betty Ann. And, uh, and yeah, we'd watch, we'd watch it just with everyone else. That's how it, how it was. And that yeah. was on uh, YTV, right? Well, it was actually on Family Channel oh, okay. to start with. And then it got onto YTV after, like, it was after a year or two. Oh. Uh, YTV was sort of more our, uh, sort of, uh, more accessible. It wasn't, pay, well, it was cable. It was just sort of basic cable package kind of deal. So, um, so yeah, we would watch, we'd watch the whole thing. And um, it was cool because when we would shoot the campfire scenes, we would shoot them in a block, um, not necessarily at the start of, of the season. It was sort of, in the middle toward the end, and sometimes they would split it up, but we'd actually get to meet some of the actors as well uh, that were part of the episodes and so on, see some of the sets and, and that, that kind of thing. So to actually see the, the, the entire episode was cool. But we would have the scripts beforehand, though, uh, before we'd shoot the campfire scenes. So we kind of knew what was going on, but it was always cool to see the episodes put together for sure. So they gave you the part of the script that you weren't in, like – the story part? Yeah, we had, that was part of the headache that uh, DJ McHale, uh, you know, had to go through, is that he had to, in order for us to shoot these campfire scenes, he had to know, you know, he had to know what the story was going to be, so we had, the, yeah, we did have the scripts for for all, for, for the entire episode. I mean, sometimes they wouldn't have shot those scripts, so I guess there were changes uh, that happened after we shot the campfire scenes, but not major enough that it would affect, you know, the how the story was. You know, Sardo was in the story; he was still going to be in the story. It was just, you know, subtleties and stuff like that. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, now you were in a few episodes that kind of in that in that uh, second version of the show where it didn't take place at the campfire. Was that a different experience? Right, so Gary, um, Gary was actually in Super Specs as well. He was yeah. in the, the beginning part, and then uh, uh, Gary came back for Tale of the Silver Sight, the, uh, the reboot or the, the second uh, Midnight Society or you know the second sixty five, and that was really cool. Uh, it was cool to work with the new Midnight Society. Uh, you know, I got to work with Alicia Cuthbert and uh, and work with Daniel DeSanto again, uh, Tucker, and also Gary became this sort of. Uh, detective in that episode, which was kind of cool, uh, you know, sort of trying to repiece together what happened to his grandfather. So, um, yeah, that was a really good experience, and I was really happy that they asked me to come back. I, I wasn't expecting it, but uh, I was honored that they, that they asked me uh, to come back and that they wanted Gary to come back. It was cool to see you on that. Now, did you, I guess, keep watching the show after the first 65 uh, you know what? I kind of, uh, to be entirely honest, I, I kind of, I guess I was sort of, you know, looking, I was sort of moving on to different things. And I, I heard that the, that the show was coming back. And I never was under the impression that I would be coming back as part of the Midnight Society because, you know, even, even when we were shooting the first 65, there were concerns about our age. I mean, I was, I was 18 when we, uh, when we were shooting the show. So I was already, you know, past the age where I should have been. I mean, we were still playing much younger. So I was like, you know, 
65, that was it. I mean, you know, that, that, that was my experience with Are You Afraid of the Dark. I, wasn't, I didn't have any other expectations. And that's not, that's not the reason why I didn't watch. I just was sort of busy doing some other stuff. So, uh, but then, you know, when, once I, you know, when I was asked to, to come back, uh, you know, I, I found it really cool to, to meet these new, uh, this new Midnight Society and see how they were doing things. And, you know, they changed things up a little bit. They had a couch, uh, you know, around the campfire, which was cool. And, and yeah, so it, it was, uh, it was, it was a cool way for me to be introduced to the, to the, to the second 65. Well, I mean, it's a little different, too, when you're, wow, I mean, that was your job versus us being fans. <laughs> yes, true, true. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of the show. I mean, I I mean, I know that in the documentary, I kind of, I, I grapple with that a little bit, but uh, I guess I'm, I'm what, what's happening is I guess I'm kind of uh, gaining a new appreciation for it, and uh and because I guess it's just by the nature of just how this many years later people still are talking about it, and I think that's pretty remarkable. Definitely, because there, are, you know, there are a number of shows that came and went, but this is one I think that stuck with everybody. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I, I'm, I'm surprised, but I, you know, like I said, you know, watching the show again and and. You know, I guess it has to do with some other shows can make you laugh, some other shows make you cry, but I guess there's something about fear uh, when you're a kid and um, the experience of that fear and how you deal with it and, and all those things that uh, has really left an impression on people, you know? Definitely. And I think you're taking a very good approach to do your own little throwback way to the entire experience. Well, I, you know, I think that it was sort of like, you know, I, I talked this over with, with my friend Adam and, and we were like, you know what, there's, some, there's something telling us to do something here because these people are coming up to you, they're asking you questions, they're, you know, so let's, let's give something a try, you know, and, and the documentary happened and uh, that was a great experience and we felt that was a good way to kind of introduce this whole thing. And now we're kind of having more fun with it. And, uh, and, and I think that, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't want to try to, you know, try to recreate an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode exactly as it was back then. Or, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, to, to play with the concept of, you know, Gary coming back, telling a story, and sort of infusing a bit of uh, my experience, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's not an exact experience of meeting Are You Afraid of the Dark fans or people that, that watch the show, but, uh, you know, it's kind of, uh, I, I don't know, it's, it's hard to describe, but I hope people, I hope people like it. Are you getting good feedback on it already? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you work on something long enough, uh, you watch it so many times and you try to get it just right, and uh, you show it to some people and they think it's funny, but... You know, you, you have to you have to let it out there to really see how people are going to react, and um, and yeah, you know, I think yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be you know, I, I I think it's funny, and I hope people do think it's funny too, and uh, and it makes light on you know, I make fun of myself in it, and uh, just the whole experience of, of of being recognized and and 
and uh, people's memories of Are You Afraid of the Dark and even student bodies. There's a bit of student bodies. There's a couple references to that in there, too. So, Do you have the cartoon transitions in there? <laughs> no, no cartoon transitions, but uh, that's a good idea for, for next, next episode. Uh, but uh, uh, let's just say that uh, Chris Shepard does make a return, but uh, oh, nice. not, in, not in the way you'd expect him to, so... Um, We'll see. There's kind of, you know, we're, we're doing kind of a, uh, you know, Chris Shepard actually makes his way back to the campfire in some way, but we'll see how that happens. Oh, that'll be interesting. And that's part, <laughs> that's part of episode two? Yes, it is. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, we, uh, we also enjoyed the ice bucket challenge video. <laughs> that that was awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, yeah, you know, that's the thing, you know, it was just one of those things where Adam and I decided, you know, let's just, that was my sister, actually, who threw the bucket on my head, by the way. Okay, we were wondering uh, about that. Yeah, and she might, I mentioned my sister's also in, uh, she, my sister did some acting back in the day, so it's an opportunity for her to come back and, and do acting again, but yeah, it, it was a fun experience, and that was, you know, one of the situations where that was easy to do. Like, we, we did it on her lunch hour, basically, outside my, my condo here. We just kind of went and did it and edited it and then released it, whereas, what, you know, what we're, the second episode of God From That Show has been a year-long process of editing and, and special effects and all these things. So it's fun when you can do something like that, just kind of have a creative idea, do it, release it, and, and that's it, you know. And it's out there. And I think that, yeah, maybe for the third episode, it might be more something similar to that. It's a little easier just to kind of release quicker. Uh, we'll see. But uh, thanks. That was and it all for a good cause, of course. Did um did everybody you tagged end up doing one? Um, actually, I don't think Daniel did. We were looking for that earlier. We did not see it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't think he did. I think he was away way in Europe or something. I think he was traveling around Italy, so maybe he just. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I, I'm not sure. I guess, um, but uh, one of the people was uh, was a, a reporter who worked at the same TV station I, I work at, and uh, she did it. And uh, yeah, so most people did. I, I don't know if Daniel did. We'll have to get on him for that. <laughs> so, all right, with with everything going on, are you getting kind of like the um, the acting bug again, or are you sticking with meteorology? Well. Um, I, I, I still enjoy meteorology and it's, you know, that's been a good career for me. I do, I love it. It's not that I don't like acting. It's just, I guess it was the whole lifestyle, you know, it was the whole process of auditioning and, and, you know, the rejection, <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know. I guess I went into, one of the reasons I chose, I chose broadcast, I went to university and I got a job at the weather network, which is our weather channel here. And that kind of, snowballed into a career and I guess I was looking for more stability um, but now you know the media landscape isn't so stable and <laughs> right. so that you know if that's been about 10 that was about 10 years ago and it's less stable now uh, but I'd be open to, to doing more acting it's just I, I guess I, I what I like about this is that I'm kind of create I'm controlling the content I'm creating the content and I guess that's what I really missed I really missed the the creative part of it uh, you know working on a script, working on how something's going to look, uh, actually being in the scene, those types of things. Uh, so we'll see, you know, if, if opportunities come up, uh, I'd be, I'd be open to it. Uh, but I don't know if I just want to strictly rely on, you know, acting as, uh, as paying the bills right now. Right. We'll see though. Yeah. 
I mean, that's why YouTube's such a great venue as well, because you have complete creative control. Right. It's amazing that way. Uh, and, you know, I, I was just reading something that, you know, that, that part of people creating content and that being something that people watch more than TV is, is every year it's sort of, it's increasing, right? So, um, yeah, that's the beautiful thing about this is you can create something and you can aim it for exactly who you want to see it. And that's essentially what we wanted to do with this. So, um, so, uh, yeah, uh, again, I'm open to anything, you know, future opportunities that, uh, aren't necessarily YouTube oriented, but, uh, right now it's really, you know, sort of, it's working with what we want to do. So what, um, what can we expect in the future on the show? Um, you mean, uh, sort of episode, like episode three, four, five? Yeah, yeah. How far are you going to take this? <laughs> are you going to be like playing the Are You Afraid of the Dark computer game at some point in the show? Like, that'll be very meta. Yeah, that's also really popular too, isn't it? There's like this whole underground, uh, uh, well, I guess it was, it was, yeah, there was a game, right? right. I don't even know. Yeah, PC right? game. Right. We pulled out some video of it and like the Midnight Society is, talking to the player like you've just joined us tell your story i remember shooting that we shot that in florida actually at the nickelodeon studios in florida okay so it wasn't the Uh, same campfire set no uh we yeah we did we took a promotional tour to florida i think to do that and um and yeah that yeah i guess i guess that was probably a little ahead of its time actually uh you you know in terms of Anyway, yeah, that was that. I've never seen. Actually, I don't think I've ever seen that game. To be honest, it's uh, somebody did a whole playthrough of it on YouTube. If you ever just need to see how it works, <laughs> maybe that's an idea. Maybe that's an idea for next episode. Um, yeah, I, you know, I I don't know where it's going to go next. I I think I think the key is always trying to push the envelope and and try to be fresh and try to be creative and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm I'm really kind of just. You know, it's one of those things where with the documentary we went, yeah, you know, we're going to do this. And second episode, we, we knew what we wanted to do. Uh, we don't quite know what we want next, but once once it's there, we'll know for sure. And like I said, I'm, I'm open to uh, the suggestions as well. So anyone out there via social media can certainly put their input. Excellent. In. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to it. Well, thank you. Thank you for, uh, for talking to me about it and, and for supporting it. And, um, and yeah, it's great to, uh, it's great to talk to people who, uh, who are fans of the show and, and love the show and, and love the character and, but also are open to, uh, to this new journey as well. Well, it's been very entertaining and, you know, I was surprised to come across it. I just, I've really been enjoying it. Oh, good. Well, thank you. And, um, and yeah, I, I hope you, uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoy the second episode as well. So far, so good. <laughs> when the when the title card came up, I lost it. I'm like, wow, that's spot on. <laughs> well, that you know, that's what we tried to do. Is we knew that you know, that's why in the documentary we still wanted to. We didn't want to just make it a straight documentary. We wanted to kind of infuse some some Gary in there to give people that you know that feeling that maybe down the road uh, there would be something more and. And we didn't have him around the campfire for that first documentary, but 
uh, for the second episode, he certainly does get back around the campfire and uh, and tells a story. So uh, I think it's a pretty interesting one. How does it feel telling a story about um, <laughs> not really about yourself, but about the character right. you play? Yeah, well, it's it's kind of you know I think that's what it is. It it is a bit about myself essentially. I mean, uh, it's just taking it to a, a bit of a different level. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's telling the story of. Um, of, you know, uh, a child actor, I guess. Although I wasn't even a, ch- I wasn't really a child. I was eighteen, essentially. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, and I guess you have to have, you know, like I said, I think that for this to work, you have to be willing to have some fun with uh, with yourself, and so um, and not take yourself too seriously. All right, Ross. Well, hey, thank you for joining us on the poprewine.com podcast today. Thank you so much. Oh, it was, uh, it was great to be a part of it. Excellent. How, how can people stay in touch and see the latest episodes? All right. Well, we have uh, our YouTube page, which is uh, Guy From That Show, and uh, our Facebook page as well, Guy From That Show, and uh, at Guy From That Show on Twitter. And if you have trouble finding anything, you can just look me up, you know, Ross Hall, uh, H-U-L-L, and... Uh, and just find uh, our Facebook page off my main Facebook page. So uh, there's lots of ways to get connected, and uh, and I uh, I hope people check out the second episode for sure. I'm looking forward to uh, to you know hearing people's reactions. Definitely, everybody should check this out. We watched a clip, and it's hilarious. And he's definitely right when there are unexpected moments in it. You'll enjoy <laughs> <Definitely>. it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you again so much. All right, thanks. Have a great day. Take care. You too. And thanks for joining us for the PopRewind.com podcast. I've been Linz. And I've been Lee. And you can follow us online. We're at PopRewind.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook at PopRewindOnline. And be sure you check out Ross Hall and all his projects. You can find him on Twitter and Facebook at GuyFromThatShow. Thanks again for joining us. Take care. PopRewind.com